0: They're checking cherubim pots strewn strategically along the day. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves and in the front bar of the top end pub and he said to me sure enough as soon as i put the go 120 y red 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 new sticker on me boat my catch went up 47 percent, just like you said smithy and you know, I looked all cool and calm, but I'm thinking inside, bug me, I just made that crap up, but it bloody works. Smith. Uh-oh. What's going on? More. Jesus, is that the time? Oh, showtime. Yeah, let's go, quick, quick, quick hurry up. drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it.
1: Oh, G'day, Fishos. Welcome back to the Tinny. We're back after a, uh, a week off, a well-deserved break, I think. Don't you think, Fishos? Yeah, that was well-deserved. Hunting, fishing, camping, four-wheel driving, motorbike, quad riding, campfires, beer drinking, all the things we know and love about the territory in the dry season. At least that was our, our theory for the week off. As you probably heard by now, Smithy's on a, uh, a, a long-term break from the Tinny, so uh, between uh, Lisa the Brave, between the beard, between Rocky and uh, Packy Andy, who's here making up the numbers. Are you just making up numbers, Andy, or you, is, that, is that an you're more you, you more than make up numbers, don't you?
2: You, you haven't kicked the show off by motivating <laughs> me, have you? Hey? you? You're just a number. Uh, uh, you're not even meant to say yeah. that as an employer. You're just meant to, what am I meant meant to, say? to give me that feeling. So oh, we keep value, it up, man. We value you, you know. We really do. We we love keep your work. Up. Keep punching.
1: One of the places I went over the week off was down to the mouth of the Finnis. I love that drive along um, Five Mile Beach.
2: It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Down
1: to I mean, mates of mine describe it as the barren wasteland down there, but I love how raw and open and wild it is, and land-based fishing occasionally with the kid building a sandcastle and a croc on the on the beach right there. Yeah. Just a warning, fishers, if you haven't been down there lately, I mean, all the locals know it that boy has that changed who knows why but it's almost impossible to get around there by car now because of the boggy mud there's now two wrecks you know just completely ripped apart really and stranded there really yeah uh, it's always been a common risky spot but now you pretty much can't drive around the headshore the the headland um, someone i was with reckoned Perhaps it's because year after year, the big wet seasons keep dumping new sand Mm. as it washes down the finis at the mouth there. Yeah. And without a poor wet season, the tides have just eroded away. So it's half a metre to a metre down. uh, So don't go down there expecting to drive all the way around and be bloody careful. Thankfully, we didn't get bogged.
2: Wow. Lucky you put safety first, Tim.
1: Of course I did. Did you see on Facebook too this week, what a... Cracking report, Shane Compayne and Ash with her new PB.
2: Oh, yes, $1. twenty. <laughs>
1: a slob, as Shane described it. It did everything you'd expect a giant to do, he said. Massive jump on the hit, then dodged around the boat in big runs and got tangled up in the electric. 120 centimetres, Shane reckoned around 65 to 70 pound. Billabong, dry season metre 20. Congratulations to Ash on... What is a cracking way to beat a PB in the dry season in a billable?
2: Against all odds. Yeah. Against all odds. Phenomenal.
1: How was your break anyway?
2: Oh, fantastic, Tim. So we towed the camper trailer about 800 kilometres. Did uh, you? Yeah, and then broke it on arrival so we couldn't put it up. Oh, no. Yeah, had to stay in a a motel from like the 1940s. Had a flick with the daughter in the little roper, that was good. Caught no fish, lost a lure. Had a fish in the Catherine River uh, on a station there no fish but found a lure so the lure balance was even <laughs> towed the thing back to darwin so 800 k's worth of concentrating in fuel and uh, we ended up having to stay in a, in a motel so all good no fish busted the van and uh, went straight back to work
1: so you'd just be making up numbers here on the tinny then this week <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've, got, I've got nothing to offer nothing piscatorially accurate to offer you except for what other people are telling you.
1: did you stay calm
2: I did stay calm, yeah. Is it a wind-up? It's um, a wind-up thing. Can and you it, snap it? We snapped a cable, yeah, and you simply can't put the, the roof up when the cable snapped. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so a, into, the, yeah. into
1: the hotel family?
2: Yeah, yeah, so that was just wonderful. But, How was you the know, scenery? Oh, the scenery was beautiful, the wildlife. I'll tell you what was nice, um, mm. scenery. It was bitter of springs, going for a swim in those springs and just getting pushed around by the current. It's quite weird floating in clear, warm water and looking up and seeing pandanus. You can't help but think crocodile because yeah. that's what we look at when we fish from the yeah. boat. Yeah. So that was beautiful, but that's a bloody expensive swim, Tim.
1: Man, my own. And, Oh, by the way, you've reminded me too, if, yep. you, if you're planning on heading out this long weekend, don't go to Douglas Daly. They've run out of water for the shitters. Oh. So there's no poos and whees because the bore has run dry. Oh. Uh, and as a result of the obscene amount of fecal matter and urine that must get deposited at that campground, yes. they've shut the whole puppy down for the rest of the season, the Douglas Daly hot spring. Shut
2: <laughs> it's not all negative It's not all negative, Tim yep. there's, there's lots of positive out there amongst the punters This week, we're actually going to speak to someone who's got a tried and tested strategy for catching max very close to home without having to drive 800 k's. So you're actually going to hear some solid technical fishing advice for once Unique, I know, but it is tried and tested
3: Over the last couple of years, I've put together a strategy that ensures maximum protein extraction uh, I've <laughs> limited time and I need to be successful in that time Excellent that's some good tips too. Yeah, it is. And the adrenaline's been picking
1: up land based around Darwin too, fishers.
4: It's almost heart stopping, you know, watching a big Trevally come up and just smash your herring off the top. You know, you almost freeze, you don't know what to do. Yeah,
1: excellent land based fishing uh, off the Mandora Jetty and other spots around Darwin.
2: Yeah, and this week, Tim, it was an absolute privilege to be uh, one of the members of the, the judging committee for the Royal Darwin Show, Lua.
1: Were you just making up numbers?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't mate, no I, I, That's so cruel I, I was asked it? to do it yeah. That's so. I'm resilient Tim, I'm resilient
1: It gets funnier every time I say it I think you'll be hearing that a little bit more over the tinny
2: <laughs> Does Anyway, we're going to actually give you a bit of a behind the scenes look at judgement day and, and what really goes on with such a professional and well governed body
1: Excellent, so you were part of the committee with
2: With Beard and also uh, the Bush joke, <laughs> our very own tinny correspondent
1: <laughs> What a gaggle
2: Oh yeah, look. What I a know, gaggle! I know. Look, maybe maybe that combination of IQ was too high for the
1: task at hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a note too before we get on. Uh, someone owes us a carton, Andy. Uh, yes. Big fish, commish, yes. Reese Kershaw. The Federal AFP heard about his not only his fishing prowess mm. over over years, as documented on Tales and the Tinny. But also, I suspect the, the, the profile that he developed with Tales and the Tinny as Big Fish Commissioner of NT Police, uh, Rhys Kershaw, uh, has put him in a good place to secure that job. No doubt on his CV, he wrote, oh, and regular guest star um, as Big Fish Commissioner on, on Tales and ABC, the
2: Tails and Tinny. And I would, I would have thought, actually, that that selection panel... One of the first things they would have said was just to confirm that. Now, we've all heard you on radio. How commish, good a, are, are you actually Big Fish commission? Are you the Big Fish commission? He said yes, and then it was a done deal. I, I feel
1: mean. dirty. I feel a little bit used by yeah. mm-hmm. Rhys If you hadn't heard, the uh, Commissioner of NT Police, Reese Kershaw, known to us over many years, with a very high profile as Big Fish Commission is now the Commissioner of the Australian Federal Police. And yeah. I feel used and dirty. Mm. I mm. feel that he's used the Tinny and the Church of the Tinny to build his profile in order to secure that gig.
2: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll be hoping to hear a thank you from and, um A I carton? I should, well, a thank you and a carton, yeah. And I should say, Reece, um, you know, having lived where you're now living... Get into the carp. They're not a bad fighting <laughs> fish. Where, where I'm not going to say pound for pound, but that Lake Burley Griffin, gee, it's, it's, the, it's the future of carp fishing. Enjoy that while we're up here in the runoff catching meteries.
5: That's what happens when you're born in 1996. You don't know how to use a fishing rod.
0: Since then, I haven't moved. I've wrapped myself in cotton wool, <laughs> and I'm too scared to do or go anywhere. Tales from the tinny.
1: Warren's away riding horses again this week. But as always, the diligent chairman of the church has filed in a report via some bamboozling high tech wizardry that had Mal Rooney absolutely gobsmacked. You're going to record it?
5: Yep. How?
6: Yeah.
1: How, Mal? You're going to record it through the Tales and the Tinney Field recording app. It's free and it's, and it's fun.
5: I'm here with Malcolm Rooney. Malcolm's just been out to the Vic on the weekend. He said that he had a fairly
6: successful trip. How did you go, Malcolm? Yeah, a few fish, 26 in total. Pretty cold and windy, but we still managed to get a few. 88 was the biggest. Oh, that's a good fish. Probably half of them were in that four, like 45 to 55 range. And then we yeah, you got a few in the 60s and a couple in the 70s. Very cold, very windy. Water temp was about 21. And it just blew all day so But well, still
5: good fishing though then. Yeah they're they were hungry. On lures? Yeah, all lures. Just trolling in the clean water? Yep. So yeah. just look for the clean water, just work your way down towards angolari on those
6: bends and that and Yeah, we got a few Sandy Island actually was really good just on oh, the yeah. on the ledges.
5: Upstream, that's a
6: fair way upstream, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, good. yeah, so we've got a few there we'll work we could see the fish on the sander and they will just sitting at the bottom of the of the river, all of them on the bottom.
5: And you seeing any bait on the snags yet? Is there any much bait uh, starting to show up? A
6: little bit of little bit of bait on some snags, not on all of them. Schools of bait on there, well, but when we go through a school that looked like a school of bait on the sander, they were little catfish. And jewies? Any jewfish? No, no jewfish. I saw um, a couple of the locals there had a couple of uh, meter fifteen jewies in their boat on bait though. They got them on bait on down, down the bottom. bottom on the flats. Yeah.
5: What about um, threadfin salmon? We seen few, any of them?
6: Yeah, a few got caught. Uh, yeah. yeah, If you got caught by a couple of the locals there. So. Did you take your mud crab pots out with you? Um, we didn't, but one of the fellows that were with us did. So you got about 16 muddies. Yeah, some good bucks in there.
1: Mal Roney, Warren DeWitt, and you might have noticed that that all ended pretty abruptly. Maybe the app isn't so simple after all. Here's how that piece actually ended.
5: Oh, well, that's good. That's good to see that the Vic's fishing pretty well, especially with this cold weather. You would think it'd be getting a bit harder, but... That's typical of what the Vic does after a while. Once the weather or the water temperature st- sort of stabilised, gone.
1: <laughs> so he's halfway through. it. He was just giving us some good oil then.
5: He
2: was
1: it started well.
2: Maybe that was the Chinese have come in and just tapped it now, and gone cut, 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 cut. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, you know what I think happened. Mal Rooney's over there like a sort of a caveman, bamboozled by the new technology. What do you do if you? What do you? You just press this button, <laughs> yeah. leaning over the bed. What, what happens if I? What
2: happens if I press that? <laughs> I think it's intelligence-based. I think, I think you know, that the super spies have gone, no, no, don't give any more about... Not not the Vic, not the Vic, not the Vic. Not when it's so hard. Cut.
7: Tails. If you think
1: like a mullet, you will catch the barramundi. From the tinny. Mate, I'm just adoring your mullet.
0: Get a mullet up, yeah!
1: <laughs> Finally, a bit of reprieve from the southeasterlies, or here and there anyway, and in, in those patches... Uh, Tristan Sloan's been heading out to one of his favourite haunts A common haunt around Darwin for
3: dry season
1: Mackie and pelagics and tuna out around Lee Point. How are you Tristan?
3: Really good, really good Tim Been yeah. doing well Mates, uh, I, I consistently do well out there And I can't claim all the credit as, you know, Luckily I'm hooked into the fishing grapevine And I've got plenty of mates who are willing to share their, their knowledge with me So it's not all me but uh, over the last couple of years, I've put together a strategy that ensures maximum protein extraction. <laughs> for in, minimum effort? For minimum effort. And as a family, man, <laughs> uh, I've limited time and I need to be successful in that time. If you've got a recipe for
1: maximum protein extraction, minimum effort, but also managing family, we want to know We want to know all about
3: that, don't we? Yeah, talk us through the MPE. Yeah, okay. So obviously, we've been seeing the wind's been picking up um, from about 10 o'clock onwards. Um I generally fix a mixture of neap and spring tides. And, and if you keep your eye on the weather, obviously from sunrise to about 10 o'clock, the wind's normally fairly benign. And then if you want to pop out again and hit that afternoon high tide, you can generally do it from three through to, through to sunset. And anyone who's caught mackerel over the years knows that sunrise and sunset are the prime times. And that's generally when I can get a reprieve from um, the kids and the family. And like, like I said, I, my wife expects me to... Um, to bring home some results. We'll normally get a couple of mackerel. We'll, we'll drop a bait for Jeweys and uh, we'll chase a tuna as well just to keep things interesting.
1: How do yeah. the conversations go at home? You can't be spending and wasting this much of our family budget on that bloody boat that needs constant maintenance and fixing if, and, and, and still have me go to the supermarket to buy fish...
3: You've got to be a provider. That's exactly right. When I'm buying... That was word for word, wasn't it? Well, very similar when she points out the cost of buying fish fingers at the local supermarket and, and and the commensurate cost of me running my boat and time... And, uh, and stress, we, we came to an agreement that I'll provide the fish fingers myself. Uh, bit of bit about it in Spanish mackerel. The kids love it. There's no bones.
1: What's the technique when once you're out there over the, either one of these morning or evening windows?
3: I might start with the morning and then we'll, we'll, we'll go the evening because I've got two different strategies as based on, on obviously the time and tide. So if you're looking at the big spring tides, I normally fish the morning uh, off Lee Point, either angler's reef or bottle wash or one of those other, depending on the wind direction and how much weed's in the water. And very, very simple technique. Get there early, or at least an hour before before the sun actually rises. Start up a burly trail, so you're going to need half a dozen pilchards. You don't need to throw a lot of burly in the water, because that tends to bring the sharks in. But one trick is to get a, a rag and a bottle of tuna oil. In the past, we used to we used to burly fairly heavily, and that would bring in some unstoppable tiger sharks. So, The key to good burly trails mm. is small but consistent, is yeah. it? Yeah, you want to keep the scent in the water. And the first thing we do, once the sun just starts to stick its head over the horizon, is put a couple of garfish out the back on gang hooks with a little length of wire. It's a single strand, um, 48 to, to 60 pound wire, and I like to use um, 3-4-0 so they're really fine, really sharp, and as the sun rises and the tide pushes in, those garfish are unweighted, they'll just be drifting around behind the back of the boat. So
1: no balloon, no float,
3: they're just sitting no. uh, mid to upper water? That's right. I mean, there's never been a time, I actually haven't caught a mackerel in the first 30 minutes doing that strategy. Sometimes where I need more than one or two fish, as the sun rises, you put a ball sinker on to sink a little bit deeper into the water column. And if you're looking for those big fish, so those twenty kilo plus fish, what I often do is um, do a bit of bottom bouncing while I'm waiting for the, the garfish to go off. We'll try and catch a, a little stripey or some other little reefy, and then I'll put it out on uh, on a balloon. Very small hooks for mackerel, so between three and five O's. Mm. Um, the trick when you do put a live bait behind the, the, the back of the boat is um, you put a five O in the nose, and I put a two O treble in in the tail. Three four meters underneath a balloon, and that's how you get the really big fish. Oh, out that's there. for
1: when you're running a striper, you mean?
3: That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah.
1: How important yeah. is it on this sun up window that that coincides with an incoming or high tide?
3: Yeah, well, you need that. You need that water movement to, to waft the bait around. Because if you do it at slack water, the garfish won't swing and waft in the current; it will just sink straight to the bottom. So it needs to look natural. So how much? Tide, do you like? Well, look, it, it does.
1: How important is water clarity?
3: Yeah, water clarity is not that important because you remember mackerel used to hunting in, in low light, low low water clarity anyway. You need that tidal movement. So, if the water is especially dirty, I'll move in closer to shore. So, um, on neap tides, you can fish anywhere, but when there's really big tides pushing in, often the dirty water is further out. So, you're moving closer to Lee Point. The, the bite tide is sunrise and sunset. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what you've got to remember, this time of year, the mackerel, there's two types of bait off Lee Point. There's a little white bait, which the tuna chase, and there's big garfish, which is what the mackerel predominantly like to chase. I mean, they'll eat queenies, they'll eat reefies, but garfish is the predominant food source. How often do you get um,
2: fish other than mackerel on that specific mackerel rig?
1: Sharks, in other words. Yeah, yeah. a lot <laughs> of
3: pests.
2: Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, <sighs> any any other pelagics ever hit that, or it really is that finely tuned for mackerel?
3: Yeah, it, it's, it's 99.9%. I can say I've never actually caught anything else. Else part from Ackle on, on that on that garfish with a, a live bait like a stripe, you will get sharks and really, really big ones. Well, uh, how
2: big? What are you talking when you say so uh, big?
3: Well, so on 80 pound braid with a, a Dara Saltiga, which is a lever drag version of the old, which has, I've done the drag washes up to 25 kilos, but, uh, and uh, I can't hold some of these sharks. You know, they'll take 400 meters of braid. Um, it's, it's just ridiculous So we've got 12 to 14 foot tiger sharks next to the boat And they are predominantly big tiger sharks If they're, if they're thick, we just move locations and Or we stop burling
1: And you know straight yeah. away, don't you? Because yeah.
3: Mackie, big blistering long run yeah. um, shark
1: Similar, but
2: lots of head shake
3: Yeah, and, and very, very heavy So Mackle's a very clean fighter You can knock over a 15 kilo Mackle in under 5 minutes Just on relatively light 30, 30 pound gear
2: Wow, yeah. do those sharks ever show an
3: interest in the boat? <laughs> I have had one come up to the back of the boat when I was burling once Yeah And um, it was a little bit disconcerting Yeah, yeah well it's clear that Paki Andy is more interested in sharks than
1: mackerel So we're going to take a break uh, He's going to have a breather, have a cup of tea And think about his line of questioning uh, So that we can focus on the, the edible <laughs> fish The fish of interest And we'll catch up again with Tristan Slane a little later on the tinny To look at the evening tide Out at the, some of these areas around the foreshores in close For, um, for chasing mackies
2: Well, Beard's been out there on the kayak again too. I was chatting to him this week. He actually got two really nice tuna off the kayak. Yeah. Uh, and being the good bloke that he is, he dropped some around uh, to me. Did he? Yeah.
1: Well, so I can imagine, with two tuna now, covered in blood, mm. Beard on the yak, mm. he would have been swelling with pride, running that fish to everyone he could think about.
2: Oh, he was. I mean, his chest hit my garage door two minutes yeah. before the rest I of bet. his body. But yeah, it was it be- be- beautiful tuna. Bittersweet though, you know. When you, I'm dying to catch a tuna. You're not going to hear the end of it when I get a tuna on the kayak. You will not hear the end of it, Tim, all the way through to retirement.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Seriously. I so, so eating I can't, e- eating a mate. E- <laughs> eating a mate who's delivered your dream to your house <laughs> like Uber Eats. Uh, yeah. It's a bittersweet taste, but it, it was it was good. Look, there's a tip, though, for uh, kayak fishers. You you have to be pretty careful how aggressively you gaff your fish when you're out there on the crock biscuit. Mm. Because on Beard's trip, he sort of came pretty close to uh, a major disaster by putting that very sharp gaff
1: through
2: the boat when gaffing the tuna.
1: Oh, that would be a panic, a long way offshore.
2: That'd be bad. He was a K-plus offshore. Mm. So that's sort of, you know, make your own Titanic material. don't... (laughs) I know we like DIY, body. but let's not <laughs> DIY disasters.
1: Oh the bloodlust is strong and growing with the young Pud One beard.
0: Like share it
2: Well the hoy box has been full to the brim. We go away for a week. We yeah, come it's back. It's flat and out, isn't it? The mailbag's overflowing. Look, congratulations to all the sponsors and volunteers to start with down at the Palmerston Game Fishing Club. They hosted their annual Junior Angler Education Clinic, and a hundred kids went through that. Tip.
1: I saw the pics of that. That would have been flat out with that many kids.
2: What what a great event! And yeah. You know, there's there's nothing better than encouraging our youth to take up uh, and hone their skills on angling, particular barra angling. I think it's just fantastic.
1: The chronicles of Molly have continued. Oh, Andy. this
2: is gold.
1: We continue to document the evolving career of one of the top ends gun fishos. She was onto her first brim a few weeks back. You might have heard it, and now Dad Richard is trying to talk her through how to cope. When you're so excited, you forget to actually wind the fish in.
0: Oh, come on, fish. Oh, I'm precious. Yeah, wind him in. Oh, I <laughs> oh. <laughs> wind, wind, wind. Oh, oh it's a barramundi. <laughs> oh, it is too. Wind him in, Molly, wind him in. Oh, come on. I'm so precious. I'm so precious. Molly, wind him. Wine, wine, mind, Molly, won't mind,
1: quick! Oh, we lost
2: him! Oh. Gone! Yeah. The Barra it really is the spreader of joy and world peace, isn't it? The yeah, barramar. even
1: when you drop it.
2: Um, Dwayne Devaney's done it again. Oh, How does he? this stuff keep happening to him yeah. out on the harbour during the week?
8: I got a
0: bloggery, I got a, a broccoli. Hang on. I'm hunting broccoli! Broccoli! I'm hunting broccoli! Hey, it's hard to kill it!
1: It's swimming
0: away! Hey! Hey, look! A speared up native broccoli! <laughs> you freaking ripper!
1: He, spe- he speared a bloody broccoli! Out in the harbour! A wild broccoli! Oh, I wonder if some vegan partner or, or deckie had packed it for a feed... You know, and then the skipper, Mm. here's what I saw. The skipper went, are you kidding me? Bringing a broccoli for lunch onto my boat? Yeah, get it off. This broccoli is a get it off my boat.
2: Spare ribs, yes. Broccoli, no.
1: Yes. Last night's pizza, okay. Packet of chips, good. Broccoli, not good. I'd I'd refer to why Dwayne should put a a, a ring on Hannah's face. Finger, remember yeah, they were out I, in I the do. beautiful solitude, yeah, enjoying the lovely top end. Everyone was seeming to get married when they were out fishing in, yeah, uh, you know, lovely environments, which I had to back out of. Uh, he clarified that for me. Uh, Hannah and I got engaged last November. You just know when you know. It was November 17 actually after the John Williamson concert. Oh, well, that's a good yeah, backdrop that's nice. still, yeah. yeah. So I'm off the hook.
8: Yep.
2: Got a little voicemail message through for uh, Facebook the other day, and you can do this by the way, fishers. shows, you don't just have to type a text to us you can actually leave a little bit of audio. So that's what uh, John did. He gave us a hoy from down near Grafton in northern New South Wales. We sent him a sticker, and in return, uh, he gave us this. Hey, Beardy. Yeah, John yeah. from
9: down the Clarence. Thanks for sending down that sticker, and that's pretty appreciated. Beardie. I just want to tell you a story about me and my mate Jimmy went fishing the other day in a creek that runs in the Clarence. We're in my um, four-metre canoe, Coleman canoe, with a three-horsepower mercury on it. Anyway, we um, cast a lure up a tree, we were chasing some bass and chased, cast this lure up a tree and it got caught in it. Anyway, we tried to get it down and we couldn't get it down. So we mucked around and I stood up in the back of the canoe and try and get it. Well, you wouldn't want to know, arse ah, so over the canoe went and all, oh, we ended, ended up in the middle of the creek in the middle of winter. and All the gear was floating around, $500 fly rod, the life jackets floated, all the gear dropped to the bottom. We tried to get her back into the bank and we walked back to the bank and we were sandy out in the middle. As we got in close to the bank, the mud was up to our waist. Hi. Hello, John. John,
1: turns out you can only record a minute on Facebook Messenger, then you're out. Ah, right. So that is a good way to send us a hoi.
2: It is, and that was quite personable too. It was good. Mm. Beauty. <laughs> and a hoy from Penno. Quick fishing report for you. After several donuts on Barra, uh, out at Lee Point, they've been to the wrecks, a few big deweys, the largest, 120. Lots of tuna hitting the surface bait around Six Mile Boy. Can corroborate that one. But heaps of sharks looking for a fee feed too. Mm. Half a dozen crabs from five pots dropped 100 metres from Stewart Park ramp. Keep up the top work, tinny team. Get a mullet up here. It's a handy
1: report. Thanks, Hayden sent a message on Facebook to alert us to this bloke down south too. You would have seen this. Who reckons he found a skinned croc in the River Murray? I saw that. He was on the news this week saying there was even a hook in its mouth. Mm. So no one can explain. The suspicion is someone's had it as a pet down there. Yeah. Like without a permit or something. But why it was skinned and why it had a hook in its mouth, who knows? Thanks for alerting us to it, Hayden, and all the others who did. And by the way, yarn from a couple of weeks back, Andy... The fella who uh, made the boat in his garage, yes, unbeknownst to his partner, for, yes. the, for ten weeks he kept the construction of the boat a secret, despite all the fiberglass in the dog hair and the carpet and the bed. And it wasn't
2: a canoe; it was a it fair is a proper, proper boat. boat. The oh, boat launch trial. Oh, yeah, how to go last week? How it go? Brilliant.
1: No issues. Builds dry as. Got up to sixty k's an hour. Wow! Stoked. It was actually so successful. He and his mates were doing celebratory. Backflips off the off the bow. Well done, you mob. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a point.
8: Craig from Craig's Fish and Warehouse speaking. What's going on, son?
2: Eight o'clock in the morning and the shop's already buzzing. We've got reels being restrung. Stock everywhere. What are people buying?
8: We're coming on a neap tide, so people are getting into the harbour flats on the outgoing, and I just noticed here, because you came in, I looked at the tide book, hmm. and my favourite tides are falling right now and I can't go fishing. So we've got some low tides in the morning on the weekend, 3.59, five point, uh, sorry, 3.29, 3.59, 3.69. So you'll find that uh, the outgoing tide up on the, the harbour flats and Bino should be a good uh, option for a barrow, which is uh, a good thing because they're, they're pretty hard to find at the moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, here yeah, they are. What I'm just hearing that a lot of people are going to the farm to catch barra. Year <laughs> you hearing the same thing?
8: Well, that's Mal, my staffy mate. He took his family, <laughs> he took the rugby boys out there and had a, had a bit of fun. Yeah, no, nah, they caught a heap of fish. It was good.
2: And what are you hearing uh, wild barra-wise? Pretty tough.
8: Pretty tough, mate. Yeah, I'll see old Shane, i got a few big ones uh, inland somewhere, some secret location, he won't tell me. I think for us, the harbour flats is probably where it's at for a barra. Um, obviously, Corroboree and the, the Indian Billabongs aren't that flash right now, so you've just got to change your tactic a bit, and um, I reckon a saltwater fish is always going to be better. Mouth the Adelaide will be good this weekend. Those neap tides will be good for a dewy. When they're that neap, I tend to try and find somewhere where the tide will still have some influence. So the big river mouths work well for that. With a you know metre to two metres of movement, they'll still feel the difference there and maybe bite on the change. So... Whereas out wide, you find a little bit tougher. No run, no fun.
2: What about the blue water? What are you hearing?
8: There's plenty of jewies and snappers about. The pelagics have been pretty good too. Lee Point, there's been mackies, obviously, as there is every year. Tuners have been coming in and around the harbour. This weekend, the blue water looks like a pretty good option. I think it's, the morning looks a bit better than the afternoon. I think it might swing to about 13 knots at the most in the Arvos, but the mornings look like they're pretty good. So with the easterly in the morning, Dundee would be a good option. Blue water should be alright, it's a good tide Are you craving the build up? Actually you know what, I am <laughs> So am I <laughs> So am I. I'm more craving the build up for the harbour flats to be honest because that's always, always my favourite time of year and that's uh, just the, those quick two or three hour turnaround uh, fishing windows that I like to fish and that's the best the build up, you know, August, September, October um, so yeah it's, it's getting close and the tides are coming around, they get better and better throughout uh, the later in the year, so yeah, October, November, they'll be perfect. I'll be out there, so you won't find me in here in the morning, right?
2: And that set of tides you've spoken about today um, add a build-up to that, and does that excite you? Oh, absolutely!
8: Yep, I love it. It's um, it, honestly, it's the best fishing I do. Really, up on those flats, you can get it. When if you're lucky and there's no wind, you can you can sight cast them in Darwin Harbour which you don't really see that often. Obviously, Bino's probably a cleaner uh, option, but, yeah, nothing beats it. Put put your boat in five minutes to your sight casting a barra on the flat and uh, you're back at home, or well, if you're unlucky, you're back at work by 10.
2: Yeah, I actually couldn't agree with you more. It's my favourite fishing as well. It's very, very work-friendly and family-friendly.
8: Yeah, no, I love it, mate. I can't wait. You got me going just looking at these tides. Here. I didn't even, even realise what the tide was.
2: Well, I do apologise for that, but thanks for sharing your wisdom so that other people can go and do your fishing.
8: Uh, well, I'll wave at them on the flat.
2: I'll, I'll even tow them off. Good on you, mate. Hey, thanks for chatting to us. Good on you, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, it's always good chatting to Craig. He's, he's a wise man, and he was seriously um, excited when he looked at the chart doing the interview and thought, wow, they are my favourite tides. Oh, they're
1: bang on for yeah, what he
2: likes. They're bang on for what he likes. There was absolutely no doubt that he was excited. Anyway, I might <laughs> give him a crack early next week, Tim. I mean, tides are public knowledge, yeah. aren't they? There's, well, there's look, no insider it, it, now, angling there.
1: No, tides are public knowledge, and now that we've broadcast some of Craig's uh, insights yeah. and the wider tinny church has been able to hear it first, mm. you, like any member of the church, is, feel, is is free to and encouraged to use that information um, to become a better angler.
2: Yeah, did you say like any number in the church? But any, but like any member in the oh, church. Oh, sorry, I thought you said number, because I'm, I'm still feeling like I'm just a number on this show. Uh,
1: prove me wrong next week by coming back with a decent fishing report that that you are not just here to make up numbers.
2: Okay,
4: I will. Hi, this is James Arata from Mandora, Walgate Beach. I've um, been pretty much living at the jetty the last few weeks, so... Got a few good sessions to talk about. Pray tell,
10: James. How hot were these sessions that you were pretty much living at the jetty?
4: Uh, Very, very hot at times, you know, a fisher cast pretty much. Um, The tuna, trevally, mackerel, queenies, anything you can think of pelagic-wise in Darwin's just been feeding at the jetty. It's been a um, red-hot couple of weeks. Okay. So let's start with, um, I think last time
10: we talked, you were talking about how this year the tuna were coming closer than... than they often do. Uh, How's that been playing out in recent weeks?
4: Oh, that's been continuing. The tuna have been pretty much everywhere the last few weeks. You know, every day of the neeps, people are catching tuna. Me, unfortunately, I've lost more than I've caught, but a lot of other people that have been going down have been catching heaps, which is good signs. On the neeps or on the springs as well? Uh, Mainly on the neeps, although last set of springs, um, I have been told there was a couple caught. One including had been shark, so he only got half a fish, but it's quite unusual for the spring tides. But, um, yeah, there has been heaps caught. All right, so moving on, next pelagic species, trevors. Talk to me. Oh, there's been heaps of trevally. It's pretty standard for them to be at the jetty, but, you know, there's been every time you throw a bait in close to the poles, there's been 10 or 12 big trevally coming up and smashing the bait. It's pretty much been a frenzy. But not many landed because, you know, you hook on, they go straight around the poles. You don't have much of a chance. Yeah. It must be a pretty good um, a
10: good aerial perspective, though, looking down on that sort of action from the jetty.
4: Oh, it's awesome. It's almost heart-stopping, you know, watching a big trevally come up and just smash your herring off the top. You know, you almost freeze, don't know what to do. So fishing with liveys uh, just for trevors or are you targeting the other stuff there? Well, with the liveys, you're mainly targeting mackerel. Like, you want to drift out the back, you know, with a bit of wire on to get the max. But if you're throwing your bait too close to the jetty, you're often getting these trevally coming up. You know, it's almost a pest of a fish because not only do you lose the wire trace you've just made up, you know, you get busted off and you can't get a bait out to get a mackerel. So while we're on mackerel, how have you been doing? So it's been a really good couple of weeks on the mackerel. I um, personally only caught one. It was about 10 kilos metre 20 sort of length, um, same thing, drifting a lively out the back, just on the surface, you know, there's been, besides me, there's been quite a few people catching them. I, I know one guy, last set of neeps, he caught two good-sized ones in the same day, one about 10 kilos and the other about 15, so some really good fish. Last time we talked about how
10: um, just because of the way Mandora faces and, uh, and the prevailing winds this time of year, you have sort of, you're kind of facing into the wind a lot you have any strife drifting baits out when the wind's blowing back at you
4: yeah definitely we have some big issues when you get that you know the southeastlies howling in the mornings but it tends to be a little you know the wind's not blowing as much first thing in the morning you get that gap until about eight nine a.m and then it starts picking up and if there's no current moving as well as the um wind you, you find it really really hard to drift a bait out
10: being the dry season and being such a hot land-based spot,
4: uh, has it been crowded during some of those hot bites? Well, surprisingly not. I actually um, had a good Sunday session there a couple of weeks ago, where you know there was only five, six people on the whole entire jetty until about midday, which is really uncommon for this time of year. Usually, you know, the jetty's packed rod to rod, you can't move. But surprisingly, no one's you know no one's fishing it. I don't know why. <laughs> Everyone's sleeping in under the doona. Yeah, it's been that cold, no one wakes up that early these days. How many hours in your week would you actually spend on that jetty? Well, if we talk about the weekend, probably 15 to 20 hours over the weekend, so it's quite bad. During the week, with work and all, probably 15 to 20 hours over the week, which is most of my free time.
10: Coming up this weekend, it looks like a particularly good set of needs, there's not much movement, um... Not really any guesses as to where you're going to be.
4: <laughs> yep, I definitely will be at the jetty. Um, hopefully the winds keep down. It's a really long set of neeps, and it works out well for us Um, weekend warriors because the best part of the neeps are straight on the weekend. So it's awesome.
10: All right, James. I won't keep you any longer from your jetty time.
4: Get amongst it. No worries. See you. 15 to 20
1: hours on the jetty over the weekend. Mm.
4: 15 to 20
1: hours on the jetty during the week and he's got a partner how does that work
2: i guess he says i'm i'm going to work love
1: oh well he at I, I now op- work at the jetty <laughs> three three options he's either lying yes she's the most understanding partner there is mm. or on the contrary <laughs> she only enjoys james's company in very small bursts <laughs> <laughs> incoming, incoming,
7: incoming. this is a bush truck and we're a- just making a report from Dundee. We've had a great weekend with a couple of poms and we've initiated them into fishing and crabbing. This is Jody and Andy. Hi, guys. Hi. hi. Hello. Uh, we went fishing on Friday night, caught uh, three deweys and Jody caught two
4: Sharks. Yeah, black reef
7: sharks. How <laughs> big were your jewies, Andy? One metre something.
4: Mum is just a, just a metre. Andrew's is about one metre five. Yours was a
7: baby, I heard. Oh, that is, yeah.
4: that is that much of a baby.
7: So you also watched um, Griffey uh, pull a dewey in with a hand line. Yeah.
4: It was quite intense, actually, because I was helping him reel it in and, and keep his um, line tidy and stuff, so it was quite intense. It's quite exciting. It gets the adrenaline Absolutely. Going. You
7: did a great job for the first time of ever doing it. That's a very difficult thing because okay. you wrap that line around your finger and you lose a finger.
4: Yeah,
7: yeah. And, Andy, how was yours uh, when you caught your fish? Yeah, it was good. A g- g- Good fight. Yeah? That's had to uh, really sort of knuckle in and use a bit of strength to keep him off the bottom of the boat and stop it going under the boat. Yeah. What sort of um, what sort of fish do you catch in the UK? Carp, normally. How big are they? Uh, biggest I've caught is twenty-three and a half pounds. That's pretty big. Can you yeah. eat them? Uh, no, the Polish do, but we don't tend to. Because <laughs> no, <they're not laughs> they, 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 they feed around in the mud, so they oh. need a lot of soaking. French eat them as well. Yeah, we call them
4: bottom cleaners. Yeah, yeah a bit
7: like mud crabs, which you found out about. Yeah, yeah brilliant fun.
4: So beautiful. That's so beautiful. Oh, it's just incredible. And to get the uh, bait out and then go back and check them and wait and see if anything's in remember Spastic. how many pots are out
7: yeah yeah
4: and also also you feel a little i felt a little bit watched all the time you know with the crocs which is something we're not used to at all so
7: so we know that the two of the pots that griffey had in today got smashed by a, a big croc and they also got humbugged by a big croc yesterday you're a bit yeah. disappointed you didn't see one it would have been good to see one and well, your take they're... on darwin beautiful. Fantastic. There's no
4: place like it. Coming back? Hell yeah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Thanks guys, thanks for that. Pleasure, thank you.
7: Pleasure.
0: Red Fire. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's been scented with a barramundi pheromone. Some say it's scientifically proven in the effective removal of leg hair. Some say that these stats might be hmm, slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the tinny on Facebook to get
1: yours. Ahoy, tinny crew, says Wayne. I'd like to get a hold of a good luck 120 way, 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 Delilah fishing sticker. I can't actually remember, Wayne, whether we've mentioned this request or not. Apologies if we have. But he said my young fella had purchased a roof topper from Gumtree for 200 bucks and has worked hard to get it on the water. Now, A, that's a bargain. B, the work that the young fella's done to get it seaworthy must be acknowledged. I believe a sticker, yeah, here we are. Would give his outfit the luck he needs on his quest for the Holy Grail, meet a barra. We'll try the traditional smashing the VB stubby over the power for good luck. That's terrible luck. A Victor Bravo, mate. Just Even if you don't drink it, just do, don't do a Victor Bravo.
2: Don't mess with it. Don't it, mess with Victor ev- Bravos.
1: Everyone's going to have a hangover for weeks. <laughs> it's, it's on its way to you uh, via Neville, the drunken albatross, Wayne.
2: Hey guys, says Sav, uh, so my partner has an obsession with your show and he's found your podcast and binge listen to every available episode. Sensible individual, Sav. I'm going for Girlfriend of the Year Award. <laughs> oh, good on you. What better way? You're, you're in the right spot. Uh, and want to surprise him with a sticker for his new tinny. If you'd be willing to part with one, I know he'd love. He's working in Kawayama Namawangama. Now, and I reckon one of your stickers might just be the luck he needs to land a barra. Cheers, Sav. K-
1: Kawanyama, is it, Sav?
2: Kawanyama.
1: For the presentation... was that? Let's let's get Neville no idea.
2: Well, Neville's going to need to know where it is to deliver the sticker. Neville, Neville will work it out. All right, leave it to Neville.
1: He'll work it out. He's got an inbuilt GPS, occasionally a bit wonky, thanks to the ingestion of excess rum. Good luck with the Girlfriend of the Year Award, Sav, for the presentation, for seeking the sticker and for the presentation off it you, you deserve it G'day tinny boys from Lucky Eddy. as an occasional visitor to your tropical paradise where I've been taxed by the men in grey of half a ready and nearly four of my fingers where I've seen a mac chasing a guardy jump metres into the air with a turtle and the sun setting in the distance on Groot Island where I've fished waist deep in the south alligator hand casting lures from clear through the dirty water we were standing in all done with locals mind you and most recently nearly tripping over a three-metre freshie while flicking lures on the lower oard. With little to show for my efforts, excepting for the half-ready from Groot, uh, can you arrange for Neville to deliver a TFT YYY120 YYY fish-measuring sticker to assist my efforts, please? Yours in eager anticipation, Lucky, no doubt a nickname in the great Australian tradition of irony, Eddie. It is on its way and again well-deserved to you. Lucky, Eddie. We've been chatting on the tinny to Tristan Sloan about uh, Mackeys in and around Lee Point, but some of the techniques, well, in fact, all of the techniques are are applicable to a lot of the Darwin foreshores in close. Tristan gave us a rundown on how he fishes those morning sun-up windows out at Lee Point. We've had a bit of a breather because Andy keeps banging on about sharks, but Tristan, can we look at the evening sessions?
3: The evening's a little bit more strategic because often um, you're not rushing to get out there um, before the sun rises, so you're not bleary-eyed and, and pumped full of caffeine. So often I'll um put the kids down for a nap uh, in the afternoon, then run at the door at about 3 o'clock before the chaos erupts again. And um, the aim is to get in close and fish normally in the afternoon um, when the tide pushes up onto the rocks, because that generally brings all your garfish in close to shore. So the afternoon session is a bit different, is that you're predominantly looking to catch live bait, so live garfish. Um, so get there. Get close to shore. Sure, it can you know be fifty, hundred meters from the actual rocks. Get a burly trailing of, of bread and and um, and tuna oil happening, and catch a few live garfish. So we normally spend, you know, thirty thirty to forty minutes, depending on how scarce the bait the bait is, getting half a dozen garfish, and then we'll we'll redeploy a little bit deeper out. Obviously, a live garfish is, is, a, is a premium bait. That's what we're trying to replicate in the morning with our dead bait. But in the afternoon, we've got a bit of time up our sleeves where we can have that. To go and hunt it. That's right. Yeah. And how are you actually sourcing those live
2: garries? What's your method for catching them?
3: Yeah, so really specific. This is a technique I, I picked up when I used to do a lot of land-based game fishing on the east coast. So what you do is you get your bait jig. So you're looking at a size 10 to size 12 hook. And where you would normally put a sinker, tie a torpedo float, bait bait those hooks up with uh, either squid or prawns. I prefer squid because it's tougher and you can get a few fish out of it. Um, Get a burla trail going behind the boat and with good Polaroid sunglasses, you can see the garfish zipping around and it does have to be in deep water. Two metres is fine. Throw that bait jig with the float attached behind the boat and slowly retrieve it, very, very slowly, so you have taunt line. And the, you'll actually, with good poloids, because you won't be able to feel the bites, but you'll be able to see the garfish attacking the baits on the hooks and just give them a quick, you know, a few jabs with the rod tip and, and, and get them into the boat as soon as you can.
2: So you're effectively horizontal, doing horizontally what you would normally do vertically with a
3: bait you're going to sink at. That's exactly right. That's, that's Wow. And the float, the heaviness of the float gives you a bit of room for casting distance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they're quite aggressive, garfish. And, yeah. and the only trick I have to warn people is... The, the, the slimy cone on their skin, when you grab them, it damages it and they don't last long. So the trick is if you hold them over the live bait tank, grasp the shank of the hook and just give them a quick shake, they should drop straight into the water. I mean, we've done calculations, but this is a scientific process. Six garfish is what I can normally hold my live bait tank before they start to get a little bit uh, upset and a bit anxious. And, and that equates to three or four mackerel. So you, you will lose a few garfish without a hookup, but you know I can't eat more than that. That's a, that's, that's a good gar to mac ratio. Yeah. I'd be happy with that.
1: Yeah. So then, once you've got your live bait, uh, same
3: technique applies, single five at the front and a treble, treble at the, at the, the rear. back. That's yeah. at that, And if, if the garfish are small, I might, might go down to, say, a three o gamma Gamakatsu because they're, they're very thin, slender live baits. You don't want to put too heavy hook on them. You want them to still be able to swim and act naturally. What's the MAC window here in the territory in the top end? <sighs> that, that, that's a good question. Sometimes they're really thick, and you'll get them an hour, hour and a half before sun, sunset, and other times it's that 30 minutes where it would be absolute chaos and you've got to maximise that opportunity. You've got to make sure that you've got rods rigged and ready to go. I normally carry a couple of rods spare rigged because you do get bite-offs. Um, sometimes they're shy, so you need to decrease the length of wire you've got. And uh, on one occasion, I was firmly convinced there were no mackerel around. This is one morning... I, until I put out a bait without any wire on it, and I got snipped off immediately. So we had to just reevaluate that, and that turned into a, uh, literally, this is on a, a, on a dead garfish, a three-a-hook with the wire stuck inside the body of the garfish, so coming out near the tail. Um, so from the appearance from a mackerel, it looked like it didn't have any wire in it at all. So yeah, you, you do have to... Sometimes finesse presentation is important. That's what I normally saw on, on, on the smaller tides. When the water's clearer... When well, it's so clear. They've got more time to examine the bait on the bigger tides... It's um they can be a little bit more forgiving
2: and look, the reason I was asking um previously about sharks is bid, and I were thinking about going out and doing this uh in the kayak, actually, my big kayak on sunday morning yep uh so we'll steal all that advice, and we'll do that uh <laughs> The shark bit still worries me a little bit you you did say um previously. That the shark was interested at the back of the boat—is that the only time you've ever had any?
3: So
1: there was reason for your obs- your shark obsession. I've, of course, Tim. You're of just preparing him. to S- preparing S- self- to do some more insider angling. in.
3: That's right. <laughs> self self preservation is a very strong motivator. Yeah. Look, um, most definitely we've had um uh, tuna um being taken by sharks when we've been out there as well before. So the the well, short back and sides and mm. Russ Walton, who we talk to
1: often, mm. has has talked in the early days about those spinning. Are they makos? Spinning sharks? Yeah, those spinning yeah, sharks. Yeah, they're coming, laid to makos and blue sharks. Yeah, coming launching out of the water at uh, Lee Point, like two meters in the air. Mm, wow! So that's yeah. going to be brilliant fun if one of them lands on
3: the. <laughs> yeah, car. put the GoPro <laughs> on your head and then we'll see what turns up. Look, and, and speaking of tuna, that's another thing. When the sun rises high and you've, you've caught a couple of mackerel, if you still want to get a few more for the table, often they'll sit below schools of feeding tuna. And the trick is to use a slightly bigger uh, metal than you would, say, like a, a sixty or a seventy gram, to get down through. Yep, yeah, sink it through the school of the tuna all the way to the bottom and then burn it back as fast as possible. And they'll often sit underneath the schools. And that's when you get generally really big mackerel because not only are they hunting the, the bait that the tuna are hunting, they're also hunting the tuna as well.
2: And any tips for the tuna themselves? What, what are you throwing at those?
3: Yeah, so we only use little, 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 um, little lures, you know, 15 to 20-gram to 20, 20 lures because they're only feeding on small white bait. Yeah. Um, the trick, tuna feed into the wind and tide, so that I normally try and get in front of the tuna. Cut the engine and wait for the pop up right in front of me. And mm-hmm. you know, with with practice, if that isn't working, sometimes you just have to drive straight into them. Throw a lure, wine like hell, full noise, full noise. Which yeah. is what you
2: see most people do in the harbour, don't you? They just that's burn it. straight into the middle that's of it. it and then that's wonder it. why the tuna disappeared. But
3: yeah. it's because it's, it's bloody
1: brilliant fun, and yeah, 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 it is I mean. fun. I know. It's brilliant. I who I cares know. if they sound and they're gone? <laughs> <laughs> who, yeah, they screaming. We were
2: right amongst them. Yeah, uh, right it. in the middle of it. Right in the thick of it. Rip your look at this GoPro footage. That's uh,
1: good on you, Tristan. Great to see you again. And thanks for the uh, the absolute clinic of the blow-by-blow blow and, and being so generous to share. The, the, I mean, you worked hard over a long period of time putting together what works for you and to come home consistently with a feed. And thanks for sharing.
3: Look, my, my pleasure. I mean, the, the main thing that worried me last week, Tim, when I heard one of the tinny regulars was looking for the fad off Dundee to catch a mackerel, I thought to myself, God, that sounds like a lot of effort to drive all the way to Dundee, look yeah. for a fad to catch a mackerel when you can do it 10 minutes from the Buffalo Creek boat ramp. So I thought I'd probably help him out, save him some time and fuel money, and hopefully he can go out and get a couple of mackerel. And
1: that is the MO of the church. Is it Sharing what? and caring. Absolutely. put on you, Tristan. Thanks, guys. Holy crap. The entire creek mouth is boofing. Oh, God, no, not now, not now. Didn't have too much time to think. Tales from the tinny.
2: Well, it's that time of the year again, Tim, the Royal Darwin Show. You know what that means. (laughs) I do. Lots of homemade baked cakes and lunatic chooks. Yeah. The biggest pumpkin in the NT.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Managing the sugar intake. Uh, over what ones. is a long day. We've been to the show together, haven't we? We've well, seen the amazing drumming
2: monkeys. Yeah, we did.
1: And we run a mission over to, to take a bit of fairy floss, right. run a Dagwood dog, maybe an ice cream. Yep,
2: and the come down was about seven days later oh, at the end of another school week. Dude, it was horrific. <laughs> it, was. it was horrific. Maybe we should feed them broccoli this year.
1: <laughs> Come out into the harbour, love. Let's bugger the Darwin show. We're going into the harbour to spear you a broccoli. <laughs> I'm in for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, we'll take, take you up on that. Anyway, look, we don't really care about the cakes or the chooks or anything, but what we do care... Or the biggest pumpkin. Or the biggest pumpkin, because this is not a pumpkin show. No. It's not Tales from the Pumpkin, is no,
1: it? No, nor is it Tales from the Broccoli. <laughs> Hang on.
2: Anyway, what we do care about is lures. And, of course, one of the most important competitions is the homemade Lua comp. So it was a great honour this week bestowed on uh, on Beardy and Bushchook and myself to be judges of this prestige, uh, I think internationally renowned competition. So we just completed the judging based on a number of criteria, and there's a serious side to this flight, uh, and that is structure, appearance, workmanship and action. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll take you behind the scenes to that, to that judging. All right, so this is one with the red bib on it. Let's give it a go. Bit of an overcast there,
10: beyond the pool. That'd be in the mangroves, mate.
2: Well, that was the pool cover, which is the equivalent of a tree, but look at it go. That was the action. (laughs) Oh, it feels good. Uh,
10: Well, you know what they say, guys. The wobble. No wobble, no No gobble.
2: gobble. She's a fantastic paint job.
7: Yeah, a lot of effort in the paint, isn't it? Right. That,
2: that looks like a 120YYY y y y Delilah. It looks like a Tarana. <laughs> oh, flipped it back over the artificial plant in the pool cover. Oh, no, you nearly caught oh, the. Oh,
0: look at this. The
7: construction of the it house next Swimming like a platypus. It looks like a platypus, yeah. That's <laughs> what I thought. It's a platypus. The platypus. <laughs> the NT <antique> platypus. <laughs> the purple platypus.
10: <laughs> oh, is. Mm. This thing looks solid.
7: How hard's the bib? Does the bib hold in? The bib holding, yep, that's not moving yeah, it's, anywhere. It's pretty solid. That's
2: very solid. Yeah, what that's, a solid that's look. as solid as your nails there. Absolutely, yeah. but it's
7: not as pink as them.
2: Wow. Okay, so it's sort of a little bit like one of the old stump jumps, or the. Or it's like a backwards poltergeist, a yeah. Yabby? It does look like a yabby, actually. coming from the side there, young Abby. Uh, it's got claws on it. That's a good giveaway, actually. And it's got little sort of whiskers on the front. And, of course, it hooks on the bibbies at the back, so it's like a bum bib, and you hook it up on the bum, and you tow it backwards.
10: Next up, uh, we have a naked lure, or a nude, Ooh, as they say. Nude.
2: Ooh, it's a nudie, but it's a beauty. It looks like a really nice coffee table it's in terms woody. of the look. It's, it's a, a woody. woody, yeah. Oh,
7: you've got the woody in your hand? Yep. That's great. I'm really happy for you, I'm Andy. i just trying to clip it on. Happy when you've got a woody in your hand, aren't you?
10: Oh yeah. Whoa, great action. It, it's nice seeing a nude, as it always is. Solid bib. Looks like solid hardware.
2: Where'd you chuck this around, Annie? I'd troll that along like the tackle box or Harry's on the daily. Yeah, that that's a that's a big barra trolling lure. All of these lures today have. Buried their bibs very quickly. There's, we haven't seen any sort of like gold bomber equivalents. No,
7: no it's a good five metre lures, all of them.
10: Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen sort of any of those classic sort of troll lures. No. Really, they're all like cast into the bank, get it down deep quick.
5: <laughs> <You> idiot!
7: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tried to go take the rod for a swim. Don't worry about testing lures. Let's test rods out and pools and the chlorine on the reels. Yeah, that's Ugh. great. Oh, it's
2: a saltwater pool. It's okay. That's yeah. okay.
7: <laughs> yeah. uh. What's a rainbow lure?
10: Guns and Roses color with these sort of black veins mm. that just look like sort of like black lightning on there. Mm. Rock
2: and roll. Let's see how it goes. All right. <laughs> Just hit the neighbours, nose mate, that's all good, just testing a few lures.
7: Look at the way that moves. And quick,
2: So that's a bit like the other small one that when I crank it really fast, it doesn't, like it. it doesn't like it. But then it may not be designed for that, so.
7: Look at that, now see that's a slow movement, look at it now.
2: Yeah, no that's beautiful. That's pretty, that, yeah that's sexy.
10: Don't stab yourself putting on that ribbon Andy. It's challenging, isn't it? Yeah. Looks alright, that ribbon
2: I might rock up to the Supreme Court tomorrow morning oh, In the yeah. my t-shirt with my judge
7: <laughs> just, I'm just
10: <laughs> going to
2: walk around with it all the time Just judge stuff <laughs> Let's do that, let's just take a walk down Smith Street more yeah. And we'll just start giving people numbers
7: Wearing our
0: ribbons. Wearing our
2: judge ribbons <laughs> <laughs> G'day mate, you're a seven <laughs> Look at his action Your, your shirt is a six <laughs> Yeah, but structurally he's sound, I mean, yeah
7: <laughs>
10: Alright team Scores are in.
7: Third place. Third place is the beautifully large... I think it was the platypus, wasn't it? Yep, fantastic. Purple platy. Scraped Scraped in by 0.5. Well done, yay. All right, second place. Second place is the beautiful green lure, which is very tiny. We loved it, absolutely.
10: The action on this one got all our sphincters tightening, actually. Absolutely. That was a sphincter tightener.
7: The first one was... First prize First one was the one I loved from the moment I saw it And it's a blinky lure uh, This is the Guns and Roses It is, and beautifully made Absolutely stealth-like, I felt
2: Yeah, look, you come to these things as a judge With an open mind and an open heart um, And you run the numbers, you do it on the stats And that's the way the numbers are Anthony Green would be proud of this You, you should, oh look at the score sheet in front of us I There's no, more it's numbers on that impressive. than a, a keynote page
7: It was tough, this was a tough judge this year Absolutely tough, Judge.
10: 2019 will be remembered as the year where everyone stepped up.
7: And the year that Andy caught the house next door several times, every plant. It was a really good casting competition, really. Yeah.
2: Just practising for the real trip, guys. Practising oh, for the real tears. trip. Turn it up. <laughs> well, congratulations to Blinky uh, on what we called the Guns and Roses with Veins. Sort of like a sort of like a lure with varicose veins like the, it was the guns and roses colors and then these really fine little veins it's the only way to describe it but i'll tell you what wow these lures look absolutely off the shelf professional yeah I did oh, see I, a couple I, of them. They, I, I expected to see some paddle pop sticks glued together with a couple of trebles. Yeah, like you and I. would Like be we'd made, make. Or just making up numbers, Or drill a hole in, in the end of a teaspoon and put a hook through it.
1: There were none, actually, that none I that. saw that were just there to make up numbers. No, no. They were but, all genuine entrants.
2: Yeah, and I would actually love to know how he made that, because I would love to learn how to do that. Mm. Seriously, amazing, amazing job. Well done. And also, congratulations, of course, to the Royal Agricultural Society of the NT, they're the ones behind all of this, and you can see those lewis punters, if you want to. They're on display at the show all weekend.
1: Alongside the, the Territory's largest pumpkin and broccoli. <laughs> Get there. Well, that about wraps us up for Tales from the Tinny. Thanks to everyone who's been part of the Tinny this week, and we'll catch you again next week. And remember, as you head out this weekend, fishers, it doesn't matter what you're chasing. Some people are into pelagics, the mackies and the tuna at Lee Point and Offshore. Some people are bottom bouncers for trout, tricky, emperor. Some are just hunting that metre 20 big dry season billabong barra. And others, well...
9: I'm hunting
0: broccoli. Broccoli. I'm hunting broccoli. Kill it. It's swimming away. Hey, look. A spirit of native broccoli.
1: (laughs) We're a church truly for all for, for all types catch you next week <laughs> oh, oh, oh.